Hello and welcome back to the For Foot Sake podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Bristow, and we are back after a long, long wait. But today we are joined by three familiar faces or voices, if you are listening. And on today's podcast, we've got King Lampard, Simply DGR, and Jose in Chill. Lampard, I'll go to you first, though. How's your experience been with the game recently? Absolutely fantastic. No issues. I love it. Best game ever. I know. It's, um, I find people are very like fickle on social media. Like people are complaining a lot regarding gameplay and they don't remember how bad previous years have been. Um, I sort of enjoy it this year. Um, my only issue is I feel like there's nothing to do. Um, like I feel like you get your wins and weekend league, you can just get 11 wins, 14 wins, whatever you want to go for. There's no real sweat for it because there's no relegation and rivals. You can just golden goal rivals when you once you get to elite division, unless you're a pro player and skill rating means something. Um, there's a content overload. We're getting like a, a new player every day, maybe two or three players a day. Um, it's uh, how how long can I talk here for? Because like this could be another hour podcast. Or just me. Well, I, I know I know you like to talk anyway, so yeah. uh, <laughs> I feel like it's like we haven't had a break and like we had one break of content, which was like the week before team of the year, and there was still like daily stuff to do, which is obviously great. It's good that there's a lot of menu stuff to do, um, but gameplay wise, I actually find it okay. Um, I just don't like um, how everything is set up in terms of the weekend league schedule and rival schedule and stuff. Yeah, it's been quite tough this year. Obviously, I think this year is the first year where they've kind of majorly changed whether it be foot champs and rivals together. So I think they, we'll see how it goes next year, but I don't think it's been well received by a lot of people. But obviously going back to some people as well, it's very more kind of more suited to the casuals and you haven't kind of, kind of got worried about things too much as well. Mm. We'll go to Simply DGR next. Diego, how's your experience been with the game recently for you? Um, Honestly, it was... Pretty good. I'm like, I'm not a huge gameplay complainer and stuff. I don't like to be, but I just feel like the most recent patch is just kind of like dried the game up to me at this point. Like I've never said from day one, oh, this game's unplayable. I've, I'm kind of with Lang in, in the terms that I've kind of really liked the game this year for the most part, gameplay wise. I've enjoyed it. Um, it really was just that last patch that ever since then, I've just kind of felt disinterested to want to continue to play fully in weekend league and to just try and push for like more ranks. I've honestly avoided gameplay the most I ever have since I've started streaming since this last patch. I, I never thought I'd get to that point. I used to be a huge gameplay grinder, but now it's get my rivals wins, you know, get my weekend league wins, maybe play a draft or two. Um, I'm not grinding gameplay objectives nearly as much. And I think that all kind of has to do with that. Just the way that last patch felt, it's just really weird right now what what the state of the game is and like lang said right now menu wise when you come off promos like team of the year and and early future stars right now we're a little bit in dead water so we're kind of waiting to see something that can pick it back up but um game recently is kind of falling off but for the most part all year has been pretty fun to me i know for you as well you've been switching between kind of ps4 and ps5 the old gen and new gen do you think there's much difference between them are you finding it kind of more enjoyable to play on old gen I, I I am finding it more enjoyable because I, I you kind of have to, let's be honest here, I don't think enough people talk about it. And we I always hear PS4 gameplay is smoother. Yeah, it's smoother. It's also easier. Like, 
let's just be honest this with the whole pro scene and everything and the whole fgs and skill rating how they were finessing listen weekend league isn't important anymore so i'll play next gen and the moment i'm sitting here and completely tilting because i won two games in a row i'm like listen what am i doing and i'll go over there i'll play a few games i'll come back over i think this weekend i went 16 and 3 and i played seven games on old gen um, I lost one of them over there. So it's not like I go over there and completely stomp everyone, but it's a lot more of like a, a free flowing game. Just next gen feels really slow. And with everybody in the box, it's just block, 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 frustrating. And with current gen, I mean, there's still abusive tactics and keepers don't say anything. Don't get me wrong, but it's just so much more free flowing and open game. And with, you know, the carelessness that I already have going into weekend league, I'll go on there and I, I won a game last night, eight to six. And I, it was fun. I don't know. I didn't defend well. I didn't play well, but with, with just, I guess the feeling of next gen knowing how much more difficult it is to score and to play, it's almost like the jamminess is the same on both, but on current gen, I can actually dribble. I can actually feel pace. I can move a little more, but with next gen, it's just so mudded. I'm just like, I try and play it because I'm a competitive person at the end of the day, as much as I want to say, I want to not stress the moment. It just completely takes me over the bar. I'm like, all right, I'm just chill, go back over there and then just continue enjoying myself. But the reality is because no people, nobody says it. And if you need to hear it, uh, yes, current gen, old gen PS4, it's easier. It's just easier. This is what it is. Yeah. That's not, no issue with that too. I think as long as you kind of get enjoyment from the game, that's the main thing. You don't want to have to be playing a game that you don't want to play. And obviously for most of us, we, we stream, we play FIFA a hell of a lot. And for us to play a game that we don't enjoy, it doesn't make any sense. And now to our last guest here, waiting patiently, Jose and Jill. Jose, how are you doing? And also, how's your experience been in the game recently? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be back. Um, the game has been mostly good, uh, very good, because I woke up and I had 250 uh, packs in my club from Rivals Rewards. I don't know what happened with that, but thank you, EA. Um, <laughs> I really have to echo a lot of the sentiments that have already been said. I took a break for personal reasons in November and December and came back um, in time for Team of the Year. And it's an amazing promo. Always love it. Um, and then Future Stars has always been my favorite promo personally. So I've really enjoyed it. I love um, players like uh, Joao Pedro who come out of nowhere. And, you know, it, as an avid Premier League watcher, I've seen him. He's great. But to see him get recognition on a wider scale was great. So I've been loving the promo, but like many have said, the gameplay is atrocious. And, and I'm an apologist for EA. Like I, I have this mindset on and off stream that, you know, I'm just going to play till I stop having fun and then I'm out. And this weekend for the first time, I, I almost like threw my controller. It was crazy. For the first Passing, time. Well, you know, <laughs> first time publicly. <laughs> um for the first time, I, I found that, like, passing was unresponsive to the point where I couldn't excuse it. I couldn't blame my controller. I couldn't even blame my bad gameplay. And, you know, you and I and Slater have talked all the time about how, like, I my gameplay style is pretty much just vibes. Like, I, I just play to have fun and move the ball forward and attack as much as possible. And I, I admit that there's fault in my gameplay. And I don't play to be a pro, but I couldn't even fault myself. Like it was something systematically wrong with the game at this point. And when I get to the point where I can't just like 
be self-deprecating in that way, I think it's very clear that there's something that they messed up, especially in this last patch. Um, so it, it's really frustrating that I can't just excuse away the incompetence like I always do. Um, but even then, specifically regarding foot champs, I don't even know what my records are at the end of it. I don't know what reward set I reach, whether it's rank five, six, seven, whatever it is. I just play until I get the three player picks and I'm out. And if I don't get it, I don't care because I don't even know what my record is leading to that point. And I think being so blissfully unaware is the only reason I'm still playing this game. Um, because simply put, for all of you uh, listening that put all your time into FIFA, I took a month and a half long break. And it was wonderful. And I came back to FIFA because I wanted to. But there's so many other games out there, so many other experiences. Like, touch grass if you're, like, really struggling. Like, it's worth it. And um, I, I think we don't recognize that long enough that EA are just a competitor in the gaming industry. And there's other people and other um, companies specifically competing with them, especially with the release of UFL and everything else that we've been seeing lately. So if you need to, touch grass, it's okay. And Roman, you can listen to the podcast whilst you're going out on a walk. Say you're taking your dog for a walk, your, your missus, your boyfriend, anything like that. You can hey. go outside and listen to the podcast as well. But yeah, I, I can agree with you there 100%. It's kind of a case of that I think people that play FIFA tend to only play FIFA. Again, there's new stuff on the game every single day. And people feel like they've got to get, get it done straight away. And they kind of they feel left out if they miss, say, one thing in the game. Again, the game, you can go away from it for a week, a month, whatever at a time, and then come back to it. And you're not going to feel like you're that far behind, at least I don't think anyway. But everyone's got the FOMO. Again, if you say miss a week in league or two, again, I was back home in the UK. I think I missed two or three weaklings, weaklings whilst I was back. I'm, I still play most of them. But even then, like it's kind of nice to have a weekend off of not playing FIFA again. With weekend league, no matter how quick or slow you get through it, it's at least, I mean... I would say possibly around five hours kind of on average that you're playing a FIFA. That's quite a lot of time to be fair to, to be doing that, sat there kind of playing it. So again, it's not the be-all and end-all, but obviously if you listen to the podcast, don't don't stop listening here. We're going to go into the uh, the main part of the episode now. But I want to go over first, we're going to go over Future Stars. Obviously we've had Team 1 and Team 2. Future Stars is a kind of a staple promo now. I think it's probably the fourth year we've had it now. Again, the players in this team, there's some good players, there's some pretty kind of average players, and there's been a few players released in this promo that I've kind of been like, how the hell has this guy been released and it's February? This guy wouldn't have been in teams in like October, November. But I want to get your guys' take on it. I want to, Dave, I want to go to you first for this one. What's been your thought on this year's promo so far? Um, I think Future Stars is always a pretty good promo. Uh, so I like going into it, I was pretty excited, but this year I was fully focused on team of the year. So not as much excitement going into it. I think overall with future stars, what we've seen is they've dropped within the team of, you know, anywhere from what 11 to 16 cards, they drop four or five insane cards. And then the rest are usually fodder or maybe okay. And that's kind of what I've noticed uh, in the Future Stars teams this year is there's like four or five insane cards, absolutely endgame crazy cards in both teams each that I'm like, you know, those cards look insane. They look really fun to try. I'd love to get my hands on them or pack them. But then honestly, everybody else to me, for the most part, is fodder. Um, 
there are obviously some exceptions of some lower rated guys I like to use, but um, like for me, I packed Konate and I'm yet to try him, but I played against him and he looks insane. He plays insane in game. I just haven't because when I have team of the year, Marquinhos, and I just got these guys and team of the year is still so fresh. I'm still enjoying those types of cards. So it's really hard for me to really completely switch over to future stars because I got enjoyment out of team of the year, but I think the promo has been pretty good. I love the introduction of future star swaps this year. I think it was great how for me, especially because I used to always do like icon swaps. I do all the gameplay ones. Those are a little more necessary for these. I've skipped a few of the gameplay ones and I'm still able, I still got the 85 times 10. Uh, I still open an ultimate pack and I think I'll be able to open like a 50 K pack. And like, I didn't really care to get like a future star player pick or a specific player. So for me, I like the fact that they made all these accessible via SBC or just something really easy to grind. So I, I really enjoyed that out of swaps. I didn't have to play so much of the game to still get the enjoyable packs. So I think that's kind of what stands out most about this promo uh, compared to previous years that I really enjoyed the most was just the swaps feature. With the swaps as well, apart from the 85 to that you mentioned you already taken, anything else you're going to aim for with the swaps or not? Um, I honestly just looked to see what I had left over. I had five left over, so I opened an ultimate pack. Um, just got a little bit of fodder out of that. And I don't have any right now, but I think there's a few more challenges left. I think there might be two more or three more SBC-wise I can do. And I'll open a 50k pack with that. Don't plan on doing any of the gameplay ones. Uh, maybe uh, Chaloba, because uh, everyone's telling me that card's really good. And I do want to grind that card out. So um, if I get onto that, I'll get an extra one. And, but I, other than that, not really. I, I do like the feature though a lot. Super, super cool. And for my gameplay grinders, you can get a huge vast majority of a lot of these things. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, obviously I know they introduced it first in the Winter Wild because I think it's been a very good addition. Obviously it gets people on the game every single day as well to get these daily ones done. Again, the gameplay ones might be a bit long, but it's just, again, people are thinking they're kind of getting free packs. I know with these tokens, at least anyway, they're doing the... The daily SPC, they're getting a, the reward pack and also the the token player as well. So I think anything to get these kind of additional free packs is a, a positive for the players and at least it makes you think that you're getting something good. Even though I've seen a lot of these 85 times 10s and uh, they've not been looking too great. Uh, Langpard, I'll go to you next here though. What's been your thoughts on this year's Future Stars promo and how would you compare it to previous years as well? Um, comparing to previous years, obviously it's hard. It's hard every year to compare stuff the previous years last year we had a very slow power curve and um, this year it seems a lot higher Um, the fact that we got Fakir, that Fakir card so early in the game and he's it was so good that at that stage um, I feel like that's a good benchmark for this year um, it, it's so weird like for me team of the year was just insane um, I packed six team of the years and okay, all right. Um, my, mid, my midfield right now I have two centimates and it's team of the year Cancelo and team of the year Jorginho so the only good future star cards there really is are the center midfielder. Like so, we have Tushimeni, um, you can throw Smith Rowe into that category, Pedri, uh, who else is there? Gravenberch. Um, there's one else I'm thinking of. Uh, hey dude. Yeah, exactly. They all are as good as the team of the year center mids, but there's no point in me getting rid of my untradeable cards for these players. So um so for me, the promo is kind of dead. Um, 
I, I was hoping for more cards to get like upgraded five star skills or five star weak foot. From my knowledge, there's only three. Um, that would be Pedri, Elmas, and Daka, and even Daka's only yeah, four Daka star, four star, four star. Yeah. Um, so it's it was a bit boring that sense of way. It'd be an unbelievable promo if the team leader drop rate was a little bit lower than it was. Um, I feel like most people packed minimum two team beers, um, which is crazy considering I opened the same amount of packs last year and I got one and it was Neuer. Um, so yeah, like and it's the SBCs are finally are good, but because the cards are so accessible this year, they're not really. Like I was looking at getting a Tanganga last night for my second, I have two accounts, um, one isn't as good as the other. Um, and even though I have, I've, <laughs> I have like 2.5 million on the other, the, the bad account, which is just crazy, um, of liquid coins. But I was looking at right back, and I don't want to spend too much coin, so I was looking to get Tanganga. But Headliners Cancelo is like the same price or like 50k more and a lot better of a card, and it's going to get upgraded. So I just bought that card instead of doing the Tanganga SBC. Um, and that's a big issue with the way the market is. Um, the promos just aren't as good. Like even with Team of the Week, I know Team of the Week has been dead all year, um, unless it's a meta player beforehand. Um, as soon as 6 p.m. on Wednesday comes around, the players are discard price already, um, which is crazy. Um, the same is happening for promos. Um, I think the only card, uh, I packed one tradable card and it was Brian Heal on the day he came out and he was like 140k. Um, and that's great. Like, he's a really, really good card. Like, 92 pace, 93 Brian, Brian, who heel? It's oh, not chill. It's all not, right. It's yeah, yeah. I thought I was like, if Brian Heel was that some like Irish, Irish <laughs> player, Brian <laughs> Heel, yeah, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to act like, act like you're Spanish, are you? Brian Gill, yeah, yeah, Brian Gill for the. <laughs> Gill, Brian Gill, he's not a fish. I didn't want, I didn't want to say anything. Um, I, was, I was like, Brian Hill, Brian Hill. <laughs> I'm probably going to get butchered for that regardless. You said, but, you said 100, um, 140k. I was like, well, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> yeah. um, so he's the only tradable player I packed. And he just, it doesn't get anywhere near your team either. So I don't know. It's, I'm in such a weird mood with promos this year. Um, very rarely cards come out that I'm like, oh, I want to try that. The only card I want to try is this promo really is Pedri but he's extinct at 2 million still so yeah there's no point I'm not going to get him so yeah it's a weird one this promo again going back to team of the year as well obviously the guys you're using Cancelo and Jorginho they're both really cheap for what they offer I mean Jorginho probably stats wise I've used him it doesn't live up to his stats I don't think at least anyway but for his stats he's probably one of the best centre midfielders on the game and I think last time I checked he was like 800k around that. I know Cancelo's been dropping too. Cancelo, if you want to move him to send him in as well, yeah. absolutely incredible card. It's crazy how cheap these cards are. Going back for to me, like last year, they'd be like 1.52 mil at least. For me, it's the one of the best sentiment combos you can have. Obviously, I feel like Jude, Pedri, Tuchemani are better than Jorginho now, but because they're untreadable, I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting rid of them. Um, and obviously, the Chelsea thing with Jorginho as well, I'm not going to get rid of them. Um, so for a combined total of coins anyway, it's like 1.7 million. For that combo in centre midfield, it's just not, you can't really beat it. Yeah, so. it's, it's crazy. And the thing is now, obviously, like you touched on that with the power curve as well, with these cards being released already, especially kind of the the kind of the main, I mean, like I said, the, all the good players from this promo are centre midfielders. I mean, you've got obviously Farran Torres as well. You can probably chuck in there, like top, top tier and uh, LaCroix. Mm. But 
from now on, all the cards released in these promos, there's got to be at least two to three players better than these cards in each promo mm. team. I don't know how they're going to keep the game going post-team of the season. I know last year, obviously, the curve was very, very slow, but this year, again, like I mentioned with Fakir as well, they've chucked in loads and loads and loads of top-tier players. I think way too early, but obviously yeah. remains to be seen kind of how they got on with it as well. So it's the, a strange one, but... The main issue is there's a couple of high-tier cards and there's a lot of complete fodder cards. I'm just looking at the team here now. Um, it's like, okay, yeah, there was three released today, Tommy Asu, Elmas, Torres, um, and then we had the SPCs, but Kabore, 85 rated right back from Syria. He was, he was the one, one I saw and I was like, this card wouldn't be that usable in like November. I mean, going back to... Like, obviously, the pace is now. good, but besides the take the pace away, you have nodding in the card. Um, Ibanez actually looks not too bad, um, but still... Doesn't there's so many better centre backs than him? Uh, Miranda dead, Salusu dead, Adams. I don't, I don't, there's a, I'm in an NA group here, so I don't want to say anything too bad about him. Um, but again, fodder. Uh, Kakare actually is probably the only one that looks interesting. Um, and then again, you just go back to the old French, French league one aspect, and it's just they're ridiculously overpowered for what they actually are. Um, if you watch league one, you'll know exactly what I'm on about because. They're absolutely horrendous footballers and they're getting insane. Oh, I, I'd call it League One is absolutely shambolic. The fact that PSG with their billion pound squad can't lost the league to Lille last year is just crazy. Um, but um, yeah, like again, it's just another player. Is he better than Guendouzi that came out in Winter Wildcards? Is he better than Capu? Actually, yeah, he's better than Capu. Um, but there's, there's so many like French players that I'm like, What's the point of having another one, really? So, yeah, no, EA, EA love a French player, and obviously, I know I'm not going to spoil anything with the leaks and whatnot. But there's been so many kind of leaked French players as well, which is going to be mental. And if things do come out, we'll have to see. But yeah, we we all know how much EA love French players, but this year they've taken it to a whole another level. And Jose, for you, I know I remember speaking to you last year about Fuji Stars. It always seems like a promo that you really like. Kind of young players kind of get massively boosted cards. But for you, especially this year, how would you say it compares to last year? And how have you? What's been your thoughts on this promo? Um, to answer your question directly, it's not as good as last year's um, for the reason that's been touted a few times already, and that's the power curve. Um, I know it's spoken about a lot in this podcast, and it's because it's it's crucial to the longevity of the game. And uh, I think last year, in one of the teams, Ansu Fati was the highest rated. What was he, 92 rated? Yeah, he was he was pretty expensive as well. I think he was close to like 1.52 mil, I think, last year. Yeah. And so you look at this year's team, and the highest rated players are 93 rated, Pedri and um, Jude Bellingham. And you might think that's not a big difference, but it's a massive difference when you're in February and EA's trying to extend a game cycle through the month of September until the release of the next FIFA. And... Like you're saying, and like you alluded to earlier, if that's what the ratings are like in February, then the next promo is going to have three to four players at that same level or even higher, and the skill just continues. And so when you talk about these lower-end players in the promo, like uh, Gakpo, even uh, Tamiyasu and Ilmaz, um, Tamiyasu and Ilmaz's DM and right-back cards look great. But when you have a team full of your Cancelos, your uh, Cafus, um, a lot of people have Vieira because of the uh, Icon SBC. These guys don't quite stack up 
And so when you pack a player, a, a promo player with a pack weight, that's so rare. And it's someone that just becomes instant fodder. Um, it's kind of demoralizing. And I, I worry for what it means for the promo as a whole uh, moving forward with the game as well. I love future stars as a concept. Um, I, I love Academy football. I think there's a lot of really good talent that people just don't quite recognize. And FIFA's a great way to get that out. I already mentioned Joao Pedro. Other players like uh, Mateus Cunha, because he's not in the Prem, he may not get as much attention as he deserves, but he's knocking on Brazil's national football team uh, doors. So it, it's a great promo. I love it. I still think it's really good this year. I worry for what the power skill is going to look like for the rest of the year. Um, to Diego's point, I think the tokens concept um, that they did in, during the winter wild cards and now future stars, I think it's the future of what promos are going to look like um, under EA. Uh, I didn't want to say FIFA 23 because we don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. If with that's going to be it. Runs, yeah, exactly. But I think it's a great concept and it allows you to get a chance at these players or even get exclusive players like a Connor Gallagher without relying on tons of FIFA points or grinding the game for hours on end um, to grind league SPCs for more packs. So I, I think it's a great concept. And for example, someone like me that did throw my entire bank account and livelihood into getting a Smith row, I get one more chance with that player pick and um, I'm opening that player pick ASAP and just praying that someone at EA hears that I want an Emil Smith row card. Um, but yeah, I, I love the promo. Um, definitely improvements to be made, but I like that this year compared to last year. Also, they've improved weak foot and skill moves for a lot of these players. I think it was a missed trick last year. Yeah, I think that's one thing with these promos that they kind of need to do more often. I know they kind of, it's only been a recent thing with the skill move and weak foot upgrades. And I know going back to some old promos, they've kind of, They've kind of left these kind of weak foot and skill move upgrades for certain promos, but to do it in like other ones like this is great. We've got a question here from Pirate Prop, formerly Kangas Khan. It says, how well do you think EA has done with SPCs recently? As there's been some cool stuff like the Future Stars Haji in his dad SPC. Jose, have you done the Haji SPC yet or not? And what have you made of the recent SPCs? Shout out Kangas Khan. Go to the name. Um, so I have not done the Haji SPC because I actually packed Prime Haji I think two days before the SPC came out, I was actually thinking about this today. Um, I was with my dad when I packed Prime Haji. So now I'm like, I got to complete the baby Haji in the SPC as a little, you know, homage. But um, yeah, I, I really like an idea like that. Um, making Icon SPCs more than just the player. Um, celebrating a specific time or situation. I think the father-son dynamic is great. Um, I'd love a promo of players with familial ties in the game. You look at the Hernandez bros um, and there's a lot more um, and it can bring more interesting players. Like, I don't know if one of the Pogba bros is still playing, but um, last I remember one of them was that saying at the end, that card is not very likely to get a promo card, but if you make them the same rating as a Paul Pogba promo card and you know, you get to put both of them together and maybe they get a special link because they're siblings, that'd be something completely new, refreshing, and uh, really cool as well. So, but back to the SBCs, I think they've been great. I like um, what they're doing with the tokens again, releasing, you know, really interesting packs like a jumbo premium gold players uh, for not that much, maybe an 80 rated squad or maybe, you know, a mix of silvers and golds like they've been doing um, and getting a, a solid pack, but also getting a chance at a tokens item, like a player, like a player pick, something like that. Um, so I really like it. I think that's been the highlight of the game this year. 
Yeah, and obviously, uh, Langpole, I want to go to you. I know you've been a bit of a uh, a BPM grinder recently, but uh, from what I've seen on Twitter, these kind of new daily SPC challenges and stuff, they've been pretty good for BPM, haven't they? Yeah, they have, like, especially the higher nations, like the, your top nine nations, and there's a lot, of, like, there's very little rare goalkeepers. Um, so rare goalkeepers... Um, your main positions like your right backs, left backs, the the well, the sorry, not main positions, the niche positions, um, where there's not many like players in that area that are rare, um, they've just skyrocketed completely. Some of them are going for five, six k, which is crazy. Um, so that's like it's no matter what area you're in, um, this year content wise, there's so much like obviously there's it's crazy how we've got so far into menu stuff that there's like you have your BPM side of things, you have your league SPC. You have your traders, you have your just pack openers. Like there's so many different sides of menu grinding that you can actually be a part of, um, which is look, it's good. Um, it's very good content this year has been absolutely top notch. Um, and going on that Hadji SBC is another thing that I absolutely loved was the um, the image they used for the the, S, the start of the SBC it was a picture of um, Hadji, the two Hadjis, obviously. Um, obviously. Oh, the dad and the Ianis, and when he was like only like four or five, and he was on the pitch with him, and he was wearing like a baggy jersey, and that was the actual image they used, and they had it done perfect. I seen it on Reddit, it was class. Um, so like stuff like that, the small little things are really cool. Obviously, that doesn't affect anything. A lot of people don't even realize it, but <laughs> it's also it's just those little things that just they throw a smile on your face and. Makes the game a little, I said, a little more enjoyable. Like this doesn't really affect gameplay or anything. So, um, I, I'm definitely not going to do it anyway because I don't like Hadji because I'm sick of packing them and I come pulls and uh, you go straight <laughs> into SBCs and plus the honest Hadji plays for Rangers. And they're stinky anyway. So, yeah. Okay, uh, Diego, I'm going to move on to you. Obviously, Diego, I'm going to get your thoughts on the newly released flashback Neymar today as well. Obviously, Neymar, flashback to his Santos days. The card is five-star, four-star. But he's had some interesting boosts here and there, Diego. Are you going to try and get them done or not? Um, I wasn't until I saw the price of the SBC and, and what actually came of it. Now, I'm still a little in question because what I told my chat essentially or the, the intentions I had towards this SBC was if you have gold nay untradeable, you probably don't have to do this SBC. If you don't, I recommend every single person do it because I said it'd be anywhere from 200 to at most 300K. It's 250K. But now that I look at the card and I have Golden A untradeable, I mean, this card has insane stats where they matter. His pace, like we talked about a little earlier, his pace is plus four. The shooting's plus two. Uh, he has less passing, but... Passing's already broken in this game. It doesn't work, so it doesn't matter. Um, and then uh, one less dribbling. But it's Neymar at the end of the day. I know he has a four-star weak foot, but I still think four-star weak foot is used. I think three-star weak foot is still usable uh, in this game, honestly. Um, I really, really like the pricing of this SBC. Neymar is going to feel like Neymar. And I've already heard some people, you know, with rebuttals or the argument is, oh, this is going to be like a, a flashback CR7, like one of those, which, which I didn't think was that great. Um, but I think this Neymar card is completely different this time around because they completely juiced the pace, the shooting, and they didn't really kill any stats except for his passing. So, I mean, looking at the card now, yeah, they took a weak foot away. It's still Neymar. He still has all his traits. 
I mean, and they gave him what I think is the biggest part of the card is they gave him nine stamina. I know the composure is a lot lower on this card as well, which we noted it's eight less than the gold card. Uh, agility and balance got upgraded. So like you're, you are giving a little bit away, but in reality, I feel like you're gaining more than you're giving away. And when you see a Neymar SBC at 250, I mean, why not? Obviously now because the SBC, the gold card literally tanked so hard in the last 24 48 hours but before this sbc came out neymar was 300 400k so i mean to me it's like honestly if you don't have nay it's a no-brainer go do the flashback nay um if you do have nay you can think about it but it still looks like a really good card to give a go and i think i probably will do it with like leftover fodder and stuff and give them a try and whichever one's better i'll send the other one into an sbc so that's probably what I'll end up doing, but it looks like a, an outstanding car, honestly. Yeah, it could be another case of like the the flashback Benzema, which Benzema, the flashback card, didn't look great. Obviously, got the boost on the pace and the dribbling got a massive decrease on the shooting, but flashback Benz was... Um, He's was, crazy. Yeah, He's incredible. He's insane. So maybe a similar case here. Again, they've done. I think they've done a bit better with flashback cards this year. And obviously, last year, they had kind of... I think there was only two cards that were a flashback which were actually kind of worse than a normal card. I think it was Aguero, but Aguero got a big um, boost on his pace, but a decrease in the shooting. And then you have Ronaldo last year that had that kind of... That card was horrific. I didn't do him. I don't know, certain guys didn't really love him, but he was a weird one. But this year, I think they've done a little bit better there. I do want to move on to the next topic here, though. Kind of, we've got through Team of the Year. I kind of want to go through kind of your guys' thoughts on Team of the Year. Obviously, we haven't done a podcast in a long time, so we've kind of gone through Team of the Year without an, without an episode and kind of get your guys' take on it kind of post team of the year with the, cause I feel like team of the year is, is the kind of the main first kind of hurdle in the game, the, the kind of the big thing before team of the season. I know in previous years, team of the year has kind of felt like you go through team of the year. If you pack one, you're incredibly lucky. I feel like this year, a lot more people have packed one. And obviously with the release of the team of the year, honorable mentionees or mentions, there's a lot more top tier cards in packs as well at the same time. Whereas previous years, if you didn't pack a special card, you were going to pack absolutely nothing. So, actually, you want to go Jose first on this one here. And obviously, I know the packing in, you might not want to speak about that too much this year. Um, but kind of thoughts on the Team of the Year promo and kind of how was your Team of the Year experience? Would you have changed anything with Team of the Year this year or not? Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, the packing is the uh, fiercest pack opening competition in all the time that ever has been or ever will be. Um, between myself and Slater, someone else who pops up on the uh, podcast often. He took the dub. I took the L. I'm not a, I'm not ashamed of it. But, um, yeah, and I think the packaging is a great segue to what I think of team of the year. Um, not just this year, but every year. Uh, it's what you make it. And for Slater and I, that consists of, obviously, tons of banter and um, saving packs for a month plus to uh, give, ourselves, give ourselves the best chance of packing team of the year. Ultimately, even this year, the pack weight is incredibly low, as it is for every promo and then some for Team of the Year. Um, and if you go into it with zero pack saved, then unless you are like Kylie Jenner balling, it's going to be a lot harder for you to pack something good. Um, and that's the reality of it with every promo. So because I saved the packs and obviously I had this competition with a friend going on, it makes it a lot easier to enjoy it and to take everything in stride. Because if you're going into it, expecting to pack a team of the year, every pack until you pack one is going to be really frustrating. 
And I don't think that's the best way to go about it when it's a, it's a slot machine. It's complete luck. Um, so that's my thoughts on the promo in general, but I had a blast. I thought it was a lot of fun. I like the concept of a slightly higher pack weight um, selfishly. However, I, I can acknowledge what that does for the power curve and what it does for the game for the rest of the year. For example, in my team, um, I actually benched a Donnarumma, but I have uh, Marquinhos and Cancelo and Lewandowski in the team. And if we're talking about replacing them with better players, good luck, you know? Um, so they're probably going to be there for a while unless I choose to play with different players. But ultimately, it's my choice. It's not EA's fault, in my opinion, um, on a micro scale that I have good players because ultimately it's up to me to, to choose who I use. It's not a bad problem to have, is it? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I'm very lucky. Um, as far as the honorable mentions, I like that there were more. Um, I like that Benzema and Salah, the guys who didn't win the 11th man vote, got into the honorable mentions. I don't think they did that in years past. Um, my Alexa just, you know, wait, I thought I thought I was sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, as far as a break posting the year, I think there should be um, earlier this year. They did this little thing where they had like extra pack incentives or something like that in between promos. I forget off the top of my head what it was. Something like that would be the perfect cool down after team of the year. Give us a chance to get settled in our squads and our fodder and all these things before you drop a future stars. Um, I think too much of a good thing can be bad. And that can sometimes be the case with promos. Yeah, for me, it was a weird one. I felt like they were trying to ride the coattail of team of the year. And because they know everyone loves future stars, they were like, right, we're chucking future stars right off team of the year, kind of keep the good times rolling. And it kind of just felt a bit too kind of forced. Again, going back to kind of earlier in the year, we did have the squad building foundations or the uh, the milestones with the, yeah. I think it was sort of Liga Nostra Eredivisie and the uh, championship. Again, they could have easily done, say, the MLS, some different leagues with that. And kind of, I actually quite liked the milestone bit because, again, even though gameplay is not kind of everyone's cup of tea, it was good to kind of grind it. There were some really good cards in it this year. And I think there were some additional SBCs that were decent. I think they had uh, Tahis Chong, Banza, and then the David Neres card. There's some kind of cool stuff in there. And it wasn't actually a promo that EA released. And they kind of, they weren't getting money from people doing these milestones. But we all know what EA love is these promos that bring in the money and generate the money. You know what I'd love? And you're exactly right on that last point. Uh, if they are going to drop a promo right after Team of the Year, Make it something like, I want to say less like OP, like maybe a promo of off leagues, like some 88, 89, maybe even 90 rated, like championship players, Eredivisie, uh, Romanian league, like just drop some random, random leagues that aren't used for anything else than SBCs and give us a reason to want to fit them around our icons since icons are so easy to get in SBCs at this point. Um, I, I think that would be really cool. It still serves as a breather while also still getting them some money. Yeah, it's it kind of obviously it's a weird one telling EA to want to to make less money and kind of make the game more fun. But obviously at this point they uh, they do pretty well with that. They make a lot of money and uh, they know how to make people spend FIFA points. Which just uh, waiting for that eighty five times ten in yeah, the summer. <laughs> that's what people love. They, they chuck it in the tokens and everyone sees that and it brings back the flashbacks of last year. Uh, Diego, I'm going to go to you next because I know Langpa's going to go on and on about packing six team of the year. So we'll leave them till last anyway. Um, but Diego, how was your team of the year experience? 
what did you make of it? Did you think it was good this year with the additional kind of honorable mentions in there? And how are you kind of feeling post team of the year with the game? And obviously, oh, we're going with the game, but kind of, do you think there should have been a break after team of the year as well? Um, I thought this year's team of the year was phenomenal. I thought it was the best team of the year I've gotten to experience on Twitch. And I can still say to this moment that this week that I got to experience on team of the year was the best I ever have gotten to experience. And I packed last year, I packed three and this year I only packed two, but I thought it was, it was insane. Um, I, I love the whole aspect of saving packs up for it. I think this year they did a really good uh, job on like everybody being not just usable, but insane. Every single card was insane in the promo. Um, and I loved how much of a grindability there was in the menus. Uh, I think we maybe opened 20 mid icons around team of the year, close to that, just with recycling. Um, I was able to complete so many SPCs. Um, I had packs to open all week. Uh, shout out to me, but also my, uh, my viewers, there were a few guys that saved all their packs and wanted to open them all on stream. So we just kind of had this consistent cycle of someone opening packs. And then when they had to recycle, I just jumped to someone else's stream or I switched to another share play. And we always kind of had this consistency of packs going on, which I thought was fun. Um, did I like team of the year honorable mentions? I'm supposed to say yes, because there are more special cards and some deserved cards. But I didn't like it for the fact that I, I think I packed Edward Mendy about like 20 times. Um, I got him out of all of my 83 times 25, 82, and 81. He was the face card on all three of them, which I don't even know how that's possible, but it happened. Um, but other than the fact that I maybe packed one or too many, you know, one or too many Mendy's and Jonathan David's and, you know, Chiesa's, I think, you know, adding the addition of those was good. Um, we got a lot of them. And while I'm saying, I, you know, I packed those, I also did pack an untradeable uh, Goretzka and Bruno. So those cards are really good as well. Um, I thought the whole team of the year experience was really, really good. It was honestly insane. It was the best feeling I've had all year that it was almost necessary that we kind of needed a break from, you know, a promo because – Honestly, after team of the year, I was super gassed. Um, I was just really worn out. I already knew going into team of the year, I was going to do everything I could, stream as much as I could, open as many packs as I could. And it's super draining. And then when I hear, you know, Future Stars is next, mentally, I'm like, I mean, I got, you know, let's just keep rocking and rolling. Sure. And like, it sucks because when you kind of have that mentality or you're kind of riding off this high of an insane promo, it feels bad because if you maybe wait a week or two, I would probably feel different about future stars, which I don't actually think is a bad promo. Like I said earlier, I think it's still a solid promo, but give it a week or two. And I'm, I, you know, I think I'm, I'm hooked right again. Um, so I think definitely a break was needed. Definitely what Jose said, going to off leagues or finding a way, like you said earlier about throwing in the uh, squad building foundations, just, you know, something to, let us grind, but kind of, you know, relax a little bit because obviously we're coming off the best week of the year. And who's going to pack team of the year attackers, team of the year defenders, midfielders, and after a week be like, okay, well, time to move on. Like like any other promo, you just, you're not going to do that. You're, you're literally not. These are the best cards in the game and they're going to be the best cards in the game until team of the season. So I definitely think um, a break was needed, but team of the year was crazy. I packed two of them. 
One was the keeper. One was Akimi um, at like six in the morning, but it was worth it. It was the night before they went out. Um, I think the only negative of team of the year, which nobody really highlighted, was their servers went down for like two hours, literally like two and a half hours before the promo expired. So I stayed up all night recycling packs, getting ready to go live. And then I thought I was SBC banned, and it turns out the servers went down. And I'm like, okay, um, there's there's no way they're out till the you know till the promo's over. I go sit in my bed a little bit, I pass out, but I wake up an hour before the promo expires, and I found out that servers got you know back up 10 minutes before I woke up. So I was like, okay, you know what? I mean, I guess I didn't really miss much. But other than the servers going out, I think it was a really good promo. Definitely so good that a break was needed. Yeah, it's weird. I think we kind of get to the kind of like the pinnacle of the game, at least as far as team of the year. And it's very hard to kind of, whatever they do post team of the year is always going to be worse than team of the year. So I don't think there would have been any promo that they could have released after team of the year that would have kind of topped it. It would have been impossible again, because basically you got to the top of the hill, whatever after it's going to come down, you kind of need a break and then to come back up again, get the excitement back up. But I don't know, Alexa, we've all said that Scorpion Foundation would have been a good idea, even a week of nothing or even say a lesser promo that normally cares about. But it's weird to chuck in future stars because I feel like every single year, I mean, if you take away team of the year and team of the season, I would say future stars is probably in most people's top three promos every single year. So it's weird to kind of follow team of the year with one of the best ones. So maybe in the future, they have a break, they change it up. But obviously, it's nearly over, so nothing we can do about it there. And now I know Langpard's waiting to, to tell everyone about his team of the year, packing all these cards. Um, go on, Langpard. How was your team of the year? Um, six. I know, yeah. Team of the year was brilliant uh, compared to last year. Last year, I'd done the exact same store packs, blah, 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 blah. Got absolutely shafted. Went off stream every night, cried for about two hours. This year... I cried, but it wasn't from my eyes with um, Team of the Year. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. Uh, like the cards this year, I'm loving them. Cancelo, unbelievable card to use. Um, I'm loving Akimi and Diaz as well. Diaz, for me, is insane. One of the best centre backs I've used. I crafted Varane out of Untreadable Fodder, um, and Diaz for me is better than Varane. Now they're both obviously brilliant together. Um, Donnarumma was easily the worst but he was a 96 rated team of the year I packed him twice so he went a long way of make, getting an icon pack basically I've done the 86 icon pack with Donnarumma and I think it was like an 82 or 83 rated squad around him so it was it was handy for that but um, ended up packing mid Cruyff out of that as well so um, brilliant brilliant uh, week for me um, but yeah no, it was just it was enjoyable for me anyway I know a lot of people obviously passed stored a lot of packs and opened a lot of uh, upgrades and they didn't get as much as others did and um, that's the way the game goes um, with every promo some people pack some people can open five packs and pack two team of the year some people can open 500 packs and might get one team of the year and um, that's the way it goes it's a gamble end of the day um, but yeah there was a lot of options to craft I think the promo the week before was actually brilliant um, no obviously team and packs they literally put out a message and say, look, you can open these now, but there's nothing in packs, store them for team of the year. And um, which was which is I thought was a good touch from EA. Um, because a lot, a lot of people 
kind of care too much like obviously the extreme casual players that don't obviously go on social media and stuff which you'd be surprised there actually is a lot of um when you look at the store and you see like seven million items uh are on a transfer list and the max you can have at one time is 100 and a lot like most time most people don't have stuff listed on the transfer list um like i think just there's four of us here how much do we have currently listed on transfer list between us i know myself i have zero um so i'm going to say we're all the same so when you think about that, there's actually so many people that actually play Ultimate Team on a daily basis. Um, and not all of them are on Twitter or Reddit or watch YouTube or Twitch. Um, so for those casual players to be told to save packs for Team of the Year, um, a lot of people did. And it was kind of, from the majority of what I've seen, a lot of people did have success, which is good because it's it's hard seeing people get put good pulls and you not. Like I know I went through it last year we were obviously in the reverse situation last year. You had an insane team of the year pack look. Um, I know you packed Bruno. Was it once or twice you packed Bruno? Yeah, I think we. I think we packed. We didn't pack a single duplicate last year. I think it was Bruno and Ramos for Mark for Trader, and then for mm. me, I got Van Dijk and Kimmich. But uh, yeah, yeah. So you packed like you packed really one. good team of the years. Where the only one I packed was Neuer, who was arguably. Obviously, last year's Donnarumma, they're both goalkeepers, and they were both absolutely shit. That Donnarumma card is literally extreme fodder. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it. And um, next year, I'm next year, I might obviously we don't know what the situation is going to be with FIFA if it is still called FIFA. Um, but hopefully, Ultimate Team doesn't change too much because I do for the most part, I do like it. I wouldn't make content around it if I didn't like it. Um, so next year, I'm probably going to go extreme, do a team of the year pack project for it. Um, try probably have over 2,000 packs stored for team of the year. Uh, hopefully have the whole team packed because I didn't actually pack any attackers, which obviously it, they're the main boys. Even I would have taken a Lewandowski even at most. Um, but yeah, so that's next year is the goal. I've packed a few team of the years this year. Next year, the goal is an attacker, so... I think most people would have taken a Lewandowski, but you ain't got to be like that, have you? Um, yeah. I do want to move I took on to... him in my first pack. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. If we're flexing. <laughs> all right, boys. All right. I'm the only one here who hasn't packed a single thing. I got a, uh, I think I packed like a Kunde, tradable, and uh, of course, Edouard Mendy. Shocker. It was, it, was, it was a crazy start for me. I remember like my first pack I opened, it was the 85 times three defenders pack, and I got Kinsella out of that. And then the next, the next pack that I opened was the 85 times three attacker pack. And I got honorable mentions Benzema, who obviously was fodder, but I got two blues back to back. And then about 20 packs later, I got Hakimi. So I was like, oh my God. And I had still, <laughs> at this stage, I still had like 300 packs left to go before any upgrades. So I was like, oh my God, this is going to be insane. And then it kind of like died out towards the end with the upgrades. It's, yeah, it's as good as the 25Ks were, um, you still don't expect to pack any team out of them. I think it's just EA rewarding you for uh, for not leaking their uh, premos anymore. So yeah, we, we made an agreement last year that I get good <laughs> team dearfuls. So that's why there's been no leaks this year. <laughs> I've got a quick question here from Rini though. Um, it's uh, Rini says the thoughts on the current power curve. Obviously, the uh, we love the power curve on this podcast. But thoughts on the current power curve for me, it feels like the power curve has shot up a lot this year. It makes me feel like they need higher rate promo cards now post team of the year, since so many people have at least one in their team due to team of the year being a two week promo. Obviously, team of the week was normally one week, now it's been two weeks, and yeah, I do feel like a lot more people have packed the team there, but Langpard, uh, thoughts on the power cover right now? How do you think they're going to yeah, be able to continue? It's crazy because, like, we look at um, uh, Future Stars, and last year, I had like, I can't even remember who it was, but I had two or three Future Stars in my team, um, 
this year, like I can't get any of them really in my team. I used Dams get out for a bit on my other account, um, because I do have like a lot of Serie A players, and he is fun to use. But it's just the fact that he doesn't have five star skills or five star weak foot. He has no longevity in my team. He as soon as another player comes out that left wing, um, ideally I package Janola or something. Um, maybe we'll have a news Janola next week. Um, fingers crossed we do, or actually fingers crossed we don't, because the the normal one still wrecks my head. Um. But yeah, like that's unless they have unless a player comes out and has five star skills, five star weak foot, they don't get my team. Yeah, on, on both accounts, and that's just the truth of it, really. Yeah, I, I think I think I saw um, some pro players speaking about on Twitter as well. Is that, that there's not been many kind of pro players only use five star skills for the most part, especially in attack mm. or guys with five star weak foot. There's not been many players in recent promos that have had either of them really, and obviously. I think what Pedri's got five star skills, or five star weak foot. We've had, um, Rasp- but he's unattainable. Like, in his prime too, but Pedri's two million extinct. Like he's not obtainable for even for the pros. Like they can't get him. So yeah. and it's is it he doesn't have the stats to back up being two million either. It's just because there's such a crave for the five star skillers in the moment um, that when someone like Juice Card comes out, they're just going to be impossible to get. Yeah, uh, Jose, for you next. I want to go obviously with the power curve still here because uh, we do like we do like that word on this podcast. Um, Jose, for you, do you how do you think you're going to going to be able to continue with the way the power curve is going currently? I mean, there's only really one way to do it, in my opinion, and that's just to lean into it. Because if you start releasing worse promos, or you well, if you start releasing worse promos and you keep players capped at that 92-93 rating, um, I, I think that's just going to breed frustration because you're going to see promos coming out and people are going to criticize it and say, well, the, none of these guys are better than anything else I've backed. Um, but if you lean into it, the danger is you'll have 99 rated players everywhere in May. Um, that being said, let's say late July, early August, when everything gets re-released, give us a promo of just like 97 and 99 rated players. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against it in repeatable 85 times tens. You know, if you're going to go all out, um, then, then do it. But I, I really liked last year's progression um, relatively compared to what we've had in like FIFA 20, FIFA 19, etc. So I, I think they did a better job of it last year. However, if they're consistent with it, I think we'll look back on it and realize it's not a big problem. Yeah, it's one of those things I think in hindsight might be okay. I think this year probably the main issue was that I think a lot of people had a lot of packs saved up. The promo was a two-week promo. So there's a lot more of these Team of the Year's being packed, a lot more of these Team of the Year honorable mentionees being packed as well. And it feels like a lot more people pack cards from these two kind of promos together than people have packed in any other promo throughout the year. That's probably just because a lot of people have packs saved up for this. So I'm not too sure yeah. on that, but it's probably a lot more in the market and they, they seem somewhat more attainable. But it's mad to me seeing cards like Jonathan David, even though he's only got three star skills, but that card is absolutely incredible. And the stats on him are incredible. And he's 40K. I mean, how do you how do you get better than that card? I mean, that I'll be completely honest. I don't know Team Lear Lewandowski's price off the top of my head, but having used them both, I'd 100% take Jonathan David at 40K over whatever Lewandowski's at. Um, Lewandowski's obviously better, his handling, dribbling, all that stuff, but you get a lot of the best parts of a striker in Jonathan David for a fraction of the price. 
Um, so it leads to some really interesting decisions market-wise for players. Um, but I do wonder if the reason why this power curve is going up more compared to last year is simply for the bottom line to sell more FIFA points. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, obviously there might have been something that says that later on on the line in FIFA, people don't spend as much FIFA points, especially kind of post team of the season as well, because it's pretty easy to get these kind of good cards for cheap. But obviously we'll have to see how it goes. Like I said, we can only speculate now, but it does seem like it is kind of moving quickly. And Diego, if you finally hear kind of, do you think the current current power curve is an issue or do you think they're kind of going to be able to kind of level it out a little bit? Um, I mean, honestly, Lang and Jose have kind of hit every single point uh, right on as it is. Like the only thing I really have to add on to it is I think we're going to notice a pattern coming up for these next few promos. And I would keep an eye on promos having four or five outstanding cards and the rest being basically fodder. It's almost looking like they can't go lower than what they're currently doing. Like they said earlier, there's no way EA will come out and release a straight dud of a promo and just have it be completely dead. So I think to also not completely, you know, kill the power curve and just actually completely destroy it by the end of February and still have, you know, three, four months left of, you know, a lot of activity. I do believe we'll notice a pattern in these next few promos. And I think we'll see, you know, anywhere from three to five crazy cards and then the rest will just be fodder. And I think that's kind of the only way they can really preserve promos until team of the season, because you can sit here and look at a promo and there's no way you can say this whole promo is dead because when you see the actual star power at the top of the promo, it'll be like, I mean, how are you going to say future star is completely dead when you've got Pedri, Tushimani, Bellingham, Gravenberch, which no one has said anything, which Gravenberch is crazy. Um, but then you look everywhere else, it's fodder, but you can't be here and be like, oh, the promo is completely dead. No, I mean, those cards are crazy. Obviously, we have the issue with Pedri being extinct, but I think that's the closest thing they can do to kind of keep a, a balanced power curve until team of the season. So that's what I expect, just – a few star-studded players in every promo, the rest not being worth it at all, kind of. Yeah. Now, we'll have to see there. Obviously, Jose, did you want to add someone here? You forgot to say Emil smith Rowe and Tommy Austin, but it's okay. Oh, yeah. My here, bad. We here we go. Here we go. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I think they're kind of – I, I know, like I said, I've it kind of being a bit sarcastic now about the power curve, how, how much you mention it, but – it is kind of the the main frame for the game as far as promos go and kind of making the game have kind of a, a higher longevity like they have done in previous years. And obviously, they want to make sure the game can go all the way through the end. But I think this year, I will say this year, we're at a high point compared to at least last year. I know kind of last year was very slow and they kind of sped up a bit more. But like I said, it's kind of speculation and we'll see how it goes in the next few promos. Now, I do want to move on to the Division Rivals Unlimited Rewards glitch. I've spoken to all you guys beforehand. You've all told me that you haven't done this, so uh, I'll take your word for it. But I feel like it, it ranks pretty highly amongst kind of EA mistakes. But I want to kind of go over kind of three questions here for each of you kind of when I go to you kind of go through them. Basically, where do you think it ranks among recent EA mistakes? Thoughts on the punishment given out to people? I think certain people, if they abused it lightly they got a seven day ban from the game or at least online and the people who abused it a lot 
got a permanent transfer ban. And then if you had the opportunity to do it, would you have done it yourself? And don't worry, EA aren't listening. If you haven't done it, you won't get punished anyway. Diego, I want to go to you first in this one here. What are your thoughts on the uh, unlimited rewards glitch? Uh, this is a huge slip-up. A huge, huge slip-up. And I think what makes it worse is I feel like some innocent people kind of got caught under the fire. Uh, I think genuinely there's probably some people that were confused on why the rewards weren't coming out. And I think what makes this incident even worse than normal is I don't think we can go two weeks without an issue from EA, something they always have to fix. But we're in February and we get rewards every week. And for some reason this week, they weren't showing up and, you know, to, to go on about that, you literally could have just claimed rewards unlimited for what, an hour or two, probably. And I mean, it's not like this is an out of the blue mistake. Like we have something always. And the fact that like, there's a reason things are mistakes, right? It's because you can make things up. And the whole idea of a mistake is you learn from it. You try to avoid them, but it just seems like it's a weekly thing. Like we can't escape an, an, an EA mistake. And the fact that, this wasn't a little tiny mess up, but it was one that was very game altering. It was very, very game altering. I, I've seen on Twitter people that were like, yeah, I, I claimed over a thousand hundred K packs. I had people in my chat who were like, yeah, I got to open 800 hundred K's and 50 K's and player picks. And I'm like, are you like, what? Like, it's one thing to, are you not tired of it? That's kind of like me personally. I, I get like how much you're going to spam it, but like, you got to get tired at some point. No, but it's um, I think the punishment given out to these guys, I think it's I think it's okay, honestly. I do think it's okay. Um, I wish we didn't even have to get to this point. Seven days for a light abuse of, you know, taking advantage of a glitch. Yeah, that's fine. Market banability. I think it's okay because if you opened a thousand hundred K packs in the span of two to three hours, I don't know when I'm ever going to open that many this year. So <laughs> you've had your fun, man. I, I, I can't really sit here and, and defend it. Like, I think it's okay. But I, what I've kind of noticed is I don't, maybe, you know, maybe people aren't saying it because you know how the community is. They speak when they want to speak. So in reality, I don't know how many people are truly getting banned. Because in the back of my head, from what it looks like, so many people did this glitch. And EA don't want to lose their player base. So it's kind of like, you can't get rid of everyone because these guys spend money on your game. These guys play, you know, play the hell out of your game. So what are you honestly going to do? Um, if I had the opportunity to do it, would I have done it? No, because I feel like Anytime I want to get in on this little look, I would I would have really wanted to do it. But part of me would be like, I'm going to be one of the guys that gets banned. I just feel like I am. Literally, I got SBC banned during team of the year, like for like a, a extended period of time. I just I, these little unlucky things, whenever I try and, you know, push limits, finesse a little bit. I feel like that could have been one of those. Oh, you know what? Let's let's not even try that because knowing me, it's very possible. I maybe could have gotten some type of little. Sometimes a little banned for it, but 
I think overall I probably wouldn't have done it just because of the backlash. Also, you know, because I didn't do it, I'm allowed to, you know, call out people and, and <laughs> tell people to cry and EA's replies. Cause I think the funniest thing that came out of this was the response of people. Um, I think I tweeted about it. I quoted EA's tweet about how, why am I being punished for your mistake? EA, uh, what did I do wrong? You had the glitch, you know, it's like, what did I do wrong? I just, I opened a thousand, you know, I opened a thousand hundred K bags for free. What did I do wrong? I didn't pay a dollar for him. You know, what's wrong with that? And I'm just like, brother, you had to figure out at some point. I do feel bad, though. There are some people. One person in my chat specifically was like, I didn't realize I didn't claim my rewards. And I claimed them like five times. And I was like, oh, that's genuine. And he was like, yeah, I noticed because I, I clicked on the store and I had all these packs. And I was like, oh, so if you can do that, then everybody else at some point had to at least go check their store. And the thing is, they probably checked their store. They saw how many packs they did. And they said, let me try a refresh one more time. And then it happened and boom, it just went on and on. So honestly, I can't really sit here and defend you. If you abused it, you got your punishment deserved. Don't cry about it. EA messed up, but I mean, what do you, like, come on, dude, it's EA. What are you really trying to get out of this? So yeah, that's kind of really funny seeing the backlash of it, but it's a really bad mistake from EA. Yeah, it's a funny one. I just like seeing people's uh, kind of take. I like people showing their morals and stuff all over Twitter, and kind of the people who didn't do it, kind of bashing these people who did. I think for the most part, I think if people had the opportunity to say get a few more free packs here and there, I think most people would do it. But again, like you said, some people took it way too far and uh, abused it quite a lot. I don't want to move on to now some additional questions here. We've got questions here. First one from Roy. It says, what is one thing you consistently try when attacking because you know it works? And uh, Langpard, I know you did pretty well in champs recently. Um, for you attacking, what's one thing that's been working for you quite a lot? I've I've always kind of like rushed my play. Like I don't really, I'm not really too much of a sweaty player. Um, I don't look too much into how I play or whatever. Um, but the one thing I done last weekend, I just slowed everything down, especially on the box. Um, like left stick dribbling is like it's stupidly good. Um, so just like I have my front two were last week were mid Cruyff and mid Butragueno, and especially with Butragueno, just like his dribbling and shooting are so good that I just hit it straight. Like just with that outside the foot shot, just smack it near post. It just goes in nine times out of ten. Um, and especially with the way I slow down my play, it's I feel like people expect you to rush. Uh, so when you slow down play, they don't kind of know what to do. Um, I'm kind of the same as well defensively. When people like start slowing the play down, start skilling, and start um, doing less like dribbling, I just completely lose my plot. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of really all I've been doing lately. Um, and I know it's when I do get frustrated, I do kind of tend to speed things up, and it doesn't pay off. So um, I just kind of keep my cool and be slow and it's paid dividends really over the last couple of weeks uh jose for you uh i know jose you're a uh a top top uh ten thousand player um jose anything you recommend people when attacking anything that works a lot for you top 99 percent for sure <laughs> for sure um i mean langbard said a lot of great points there the biggest thing i recommend is just it, it, hear me out here stop caring about the game you know, if someone scores on you, it's okay. If you lose a game, it's okay. Most of us play games to have fun. You're not going to beat Tex or the 14-year-old the that wins everything. Like, 
most of us are not going to reach that level. And that's okay. So long as you're having fun. So when you're willing to accept that, just like in a real game of football, plays are going to break down. You're going to concede. You're going to make personal errors. But if you keep a calm head, then you can analyze what errors you made and decide if you want to improve on those. If you want to work on it, maybe you find that in a 4-1-2-1-2, there's a lot of spaces um, centrally to get the ball to your central cam. Or you find that if you put your right center mid on, you know, uh, get in the box for crosses, that they end up going a little bit wider and you've got a lot more time and a different outlet to get the ball into the final third. Little things like that make such a big difference and you're not going to figure them out unless you keep a level head and you stop throwing controllers and breaking desks. And if you feel called out by that, then you're welcome. You're going to get better at the game. Now, as far as... <laughs> so you're calling yourself out here. I'm, earlier you were saying hey. you're about to throw your controller. And that's very true. And the, when I got to that point where I got so tilted, that's when I started losing three games in a row, four games in a row. That And that's why, because I wasn't analyzing my gameplay. And it doesn't mean you're a tryhard or anything like that. It means you're paying attention to what you're doing. Just pay attention to what you're doing and recognize that a game isn't going to go 100% your way. No game will. And if it does, it's too easy and you're getting babied. So it's not being harsh. It's just recognizing that you've got room to improve. Drop the ego. Appreciate it, Jose. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll remember that. <laughs> well, if you want to see how Bristol and I played, you know, it's on your YouTube channel. Yeah, with a, with a, few, with a few shots chucked in there as well. <laughs> but yeah, I can, I can agree with that. It's kind of just a case of being calm and kind of not getting too angry each time. Again, if you look at the pro players when they play, you don't see them breaking stuff. You don't see them getting too crazy. They score a goal. They can see the goal. They just sit there and uh, carry on with it. And one last thing, as far as like actual constructive advice, um, have a dedicated defensive midfielder and set them on like drop back or drop between defenders, stay back while attacking, something like that. Not having to worry about your defense is going to let you be more creative in your attack. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Diego, for you, I know, uh, Diego, you're, uh, you're not a bad player as well. Um, Dick, what would you recommend? Uh, what, what kind of what's one thing that works for you when you attack? Um, I think just in general, your brain and your body is, is taught a lot about muscle memory. And I think you fall into that trap a lot in FIFA, especially if you play, you know, for long stretches of games. So I think my thing is always change up the way you play. A lot of people don't realize how many things you will continuously repeat in a game. And once you start to really just copy, you know, copy paste the same skill moves, the same way of attacking, it doesn't matter if your opponent is good or not. For the most part, they're going to be able to read it. Um, so I always keep that in mind whenever I'm going down the wing, when I'm trying to play through the middle, I'll do give and go passes and I won't send that pass. I maybe will wait a little while. I'll play down the wing. Once I've got two or three attacks down the wing and he's, you know, I'm like, okay, he's probably expecting it again with the wing open. I don't even pass it. I keep it with the striker. Um, I go down the wing. I think to myself, okay, I did an elastico inside last time I went in and then I go back. I do the same. I fake shot and I'll, elastic, I'll reverse elastico. I'll croquetta. I mean, I always want to change things up. I use, I use a lot of repetitive skill moves but there are random times in the game where I will switch it up one bit and that's when I'll score my goal. It won't necessarily be when I repeat my skill moves. I'll use them to create, 
They'll give me looks. They'll give me chances. But eventually, people are going to pick up on it. And I may score my first goal or two using a reverse elastico. You probably won't see me use it again because after, once I notice they stop it once, it's no longer a, okay, I'll get him next time with it. Or no, nah, it's okay. He's going to read it. Now I got to change something up. And the moment you do something different, it just opens up play for you. So definitely muscle memory. Keep in mind of how you're playing, how you're moving the ball, how you're dribbling. And all you got to do is just the unpredictability. Change one or two things. And now, like, your opponent genuinely has no idea what you're going to do. Yeah, 100%. I do find myself doing that a lot of times. I think, obviously, if you can watch your gameplay back and see how you play, then you do realize you do the same thing over and over quite a lot. I want to add one more thing no one's mentioned um probably a bit sweaty but the one thing i do recommend especially if you're in a two strike formation or at least any i mean obviously every formation's got a striker but try and play the ball into striker when you lay it back try and do the the lb and pass obviously again sends that player on a run but the rb and lb or r1 l1 th through ball over the top is so overpowered just making sure you time it right but still right now it works so well and it's horrible to play against because it's so hard to defend but yeah, the L1, L1R1, LBRB, through ball over the top. So, so good right now. I want to move on to the next question here from Butter. Diego, straight to you again as well. Um, what is one thing about gameplay that you just can't stand? Uh, honestly, I think it's just the difference in both current gen and next gen. I think that's like in general what I can't stand about it is how different they are. And I can be the first to say I've played enough of both. I think this FIFA would have been insane if they combined the best parts of both, which it's so weird how contrasting they are. What I hate most is literally I feel like I'm playing two completely different games when I'm on next gen compared to current gen. Um, in terms of actually in-game, what I can't stand, next gen, everybody naturally is going to drop into the box. I play on 50, 60 depth. Uh, on current gen, it looks like I'm man marking everyone. It looks like nobody's in the box. I'm okay with that. I'm going to give up goals, but it's way more free-flowing and better. On next gen, I'm on the same depth. I've got almost seven, eight players in the box. And then, you know, with, with as how slow next gen gameplay is, which is another thing that I can't stand, it's just block, 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 unnecessary blocks that I go back to an attacker. I've got too many guys in the box. I can't really clear the ball. It's just, it's really annoying. I think that the main thing I have to say is just in general, how different both current gen and next gen are, but really how slow next gen is. That's the main thing. Both games have their flaws with tackling. You know, you could be mad about pressing through balls are broken, but really just when the game is slow and unresponsive, you genuinely cannot do anything. And I think that's to the point where next gen gets me because passing's already messed up. And with how slow and delayed it is, it's going to slow and delay my pass. That's not even going to go where I want. And it's just like so frustrating. So really, yeah, I would just have to go with gameplay speed and just how defensive next gen is. But current gen, you know, take some things from it. Could be a lot better for next gen. But I think hypermotion kind of ruined everything when they were like, yeah, we have 8,000 new animations. I'm like, we like what? Am I going to see Vron fall 8,000 different ways? Like what, what's going on? <laughs> I really don't know. So I think they, they're overcomplicating it, really, because current gen feels really arcadey, which I'm kind of okay with. And next gen feels so professional, animation driven. If you balance both, I think there's a lot better of a chance that you'll definitely get more fun out of the game. So really just the inconsistency in both uh, generations is what I can't stand.
Yeah, it's a fine line between kind of making the kind of the, it's there is obviously you ask each person they kind of have their own ideas on the kind of the, the perfect FIFA whether it's too arcadey or too kind of realistic and there is a fine line but well, hopefully fingers crossed next year will be the best FIFA ever hey that's what we say every single year uh, Langpa for you what's one thing that you just can't stand about gameplay um, when I lose really <laughs> um, uh, oh, I've actually tried to think about that over the last 10 minutes uh, there's a lot of like small little things um, obviously the main thing and I feel like the They've addressed the one last thing. Two matches one thing I don't want to hear forever. Uh, I'm about 20 minutes here. Okay, give me a chance, <laughs> first of all, right? Um, I know it's the it's it's a thing that's been in FIFA for years, and the last two updates. I know the last update was only so small, but it's the when you pass the ball or when you intercept the ball and it just bounces back to your opponent. That is just one thing that has always driven me mad. Um, like when you read, especially when you manually move like a midfielder or something because you know where they're going to pass. You intercept the ball and it still goes back to their player. That is one thing that just really grinds my gears. <laughs> and Jose, for you, hey, Jack, I appreciate you. That's, that's quite a quick answer for you. Jesus. Jose, for you, what's one thing that annoys you in gameplay? Um, if I had to pick one thing, it would be... Um, I mean, obviously, there's like the patch-specific things, like passing, whatever. But just like what Langford just said, when I make an actual uh, intelligent footballing decision, and it, I know, rare. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. Man. <laughs> and it works against me. Like, for example, moving a player manually to a position where I know they're going to intercept a passing lane, and then I make the interception, and the ball just bounces off Varane's foot through on goal. Or I manually move my keeper to a position where I know they should be because for some reason they're not already doing it when they're a 90 plus rated goalkeeper, but whatever. And then all that happens is an unfortunate deflection right in front of the goal where the attacker can just basically tap it in. Um, it, it's really frustrating. It makes you wonder if there's any point in actually having a brain when you're playing the game or if you should just, you know, sit back on one depth, put the fastest people up top and just let them run. It, I don't want to play like Burnley. Burnley are like the worst thing in the world. If you're a Burnley fan, keep listening to the pod, but just look in the mirror. That's all. <laughs> they haven't got quick people. they got bloody Wout Wegos. Hey, uh, absolutely. He's a ben baller. He's, is a goat, though. He's a baller, he's actually. He's, uh, he's been good for them. Uh, I want to move on to a question here from Chris. Uh, this, one, this one is for you, Langpa, though. Um, is there anything on the web slash companion app that's better than a console? Uh, i.e. making SPCs quicker and also what can be improved on the web or companion app? Because I know some people use this quite a lot, to be fair. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, glitches on the companion app. Um, I know one of my mates, um, he submitted basically his whole team into an SPC. Um, he was doing squad builders and he didn't, it was his own fault and the, the web app glitched. And when he went to back out, it submitted a firm. Um, he put in a Neymar... Uh, the showdown Shule, uh, player of the month for fan. Uh, a lot of cards that were like untradeable and like not not untradeable that were like SPC cards you couldn't get back. Um, so there's been a few incidents this year of that happening, and um, where the where the game is just the web app is completely glitched out. I know it happens a lot more on Android than uh, iOS. Um, which just prove that that's another debate for another time. Uh, but uh, uh, the main thing for me, anyway, is it's a lot easier to complete squad battles. Squad, ba uh, squad battles. Hey, <laughs> if I could do squad battles in the companion app, I'd be loving it. 
uh, SVCs on the web app purely for the fact that you can like filter everything down. Um, when you're doing a squad builder, um, you can adjust whether you wanted a common or a rare, which is huge when you're doing like the repeatable SPCs, like the player picks or upgrade packs. Uh, during team of the year, that would have been absolutely insane. Because um, it's so easy, you can literally, you can do 20 SPCs within two, three minutes on the web app and it's it's mental and everything works so smoothly as well. But companion is dirt, really. I, I, I only ever go on it to like take a screenshot of my team. Uh, that's kind of all I ever use the companion for, really. But yeah, now the uh, the web app. If, I mean, if you, I mean, if you use, you use it on the computer quite a lot, it's actually a way easier to get stuff done. Mm. I know player picks, especially if you do them on um, console, is an absolute nightmare trying to do like more than five in a row. I don't know these guys, the uh, these kind of big creators do like hundreds and two hundreds of player picks at a time. It must be absolutely someone hell. to do it for. But them. yeah, get someone else to do it. That's, I mean, they, <laughs> they can't even do it themselves. Um, and one final question here from Short Stacked is uh, looking looking ahead. We are getting to a point where they bring new promos out. What was a promo that you would like them to bring back where they only had it in one title, like Carnival, Shapeshifters, and I think there's been a few more. I don't want to bring back uh, the Movember one. That's probably the uh, the weirdest promo of all time. But Diego, for you, kind of what's pro- what's one promo that you'd like them to bring back for this year? Uh, Shapeshifters. I think that is a super, super cool aspect of the game that we really, I feel like we could especially use this year because – a lot of people I've heard a lot of guys say, you know, what if I, you know, what if this card was a midfielder? What if this card was a center back? I know a lot of people that in game when they line up, they've got, you know, like a Vieira or someone played in the midfield, but then in game they move them to center back and then they have center backs that they move to midfielders. But what if they just tailored those cards to have midfield stats already as is? And what if they moved midfield cards, gave them the right stats as a center back, you know, just things like that to really like, kind of change the game up instead of trying to, you know, change everything in game and, and have to work so hard to figure it out. Why not just be able to, you know, finally have the change of positions with these cards, but also they can do more with it, right. While changing the positions of them, add the skill moves, the weak foot, change the strong foot, which I know they did in the past before with like, I know they had that Lucas Moore shapeshifter, which everybody was saying was literally the Brazilian Messi. It was crazy how good that card was just because they were able to change a few stats and the way he played. I mean, I think that would be a super cool aspect to bring back. It definitely changes up. It helps. Honestly, it helps the, the people that love being, you know, meta and such like that, because there's still really good cars that come out of that promo. I thought you were about to say the, uh, the Brazilian Neymar then. <laughs> uh, I also, Pedri just scored in the first minute of the, of, uh, of the game. I've got it. the game yeah. on my other monitor. Listen, the best future star out there. There's a reason he's extinct. Smith Rowe. Uh for you, what's one promo you'd like to see them bring back for this year? Oh, I can go really negative with this one, really screw you. But um, the way the market is, the way the game is at the moment, there's only one promo that will save it for me. Um, and that is bringing back what we had first lockdown, bring back team of the season so far, and then the, end the game end the game in May. I don't want to play it this summer. <laughs> I, want, I want to do a lot of things. Give me team of the season next week. I'll be happy. Actually, no, give me foot birthday first and then team of the season so far after that and then I'll be happy. Give me six, seven weeks of that and I can put the game away. I can shelf it. Yeah, that's one thing. I'll see, going back to like COVID, they, uh, EA got lucky with COVID because that, that kind of helped them extend the game in the a ga- way. The game was, the ga- if you remember FIFA 20, FIFA 20 was absolutely dead come February 
Um, I dropped it in November. I was doing a lot of traveling and stuff, so I literally just dropped the game. The first time I've ever dropped the FIFA, I dropped it in November, and then obviously I was reeled back in between COVID and um, uh, the team season so far. So uh, I, feel, I feel a lot of people have put the game down after team of the year a lot more than last year. Um, always, everyone always says, oh, team of the year, it, content's dead after team of the year. That's if you don't really know the game. Uh, after post-team of the year, content is a lot more spicy than pre-team of the year. So this year looks like the same again. Um, foot birthday could be good. Um, and obviously this apparent foot captains thing that's coming next week, if you believe leaks, um, that could potentially be really good. Uh, but yeah, no, give me a team of season so far and I, I'll, I'll love that. Wow. Absolute. What an absolute answer that is. <laughs> Jose, <laughs> Jose, for you, any uh, any past promos that's you brought? I mean, we've not, not mentioned kind of, I think last year, what if um carnival obviously shapeshifters so i think a few more that they've only done once that were pretty good but any uh anyone that stand up for you jose i liked what if no doubt um and to provide something that hasn't been said yet um i don't really have one that was only featured in one title however actually you know what for the sake of the question i'll say winter refresh um i feel like we haven't gotten an actual winter refresh okay, yeah that's promo um yeah just something to give a little excitement post team of the year without dropping future stars immediately like we were referring to earlier but one thing i'd like to see is a once to watch winter edition i think it's kind of a no-brainer um it maybe change the requirements and give them a boost instead of just their base gold card because it's not the beginning of the year but for some winter transfers why not give something else to highlight the January transfer window because it's such a pivotal time in the season in real life. Why not make it the same in FIFA? Yeah, I think that's what they tried doing with winter refresh backlog. I know obviously the uh, the ones to watch has been weird in um, kind of the the December or January transfer window. I know even ones to watch nowadays. I don't I don't see anyone to watch cars on anyone's team. Which exactly. I know they tried doing it this year with the additional bonus with their with their kind of the wins for five and ten, but. Even then, once the watch cards are pretty dead. But yeah, winter, winter refresh would be quite a nice kind of addition. Obviously, I think it was usually the, the transfer players got a big boost and obviously bringing out kind of the uh, kind of gold card version of players who have done well and given them a bigger boost. But I think obviously they, for some reason, stopped doing that. I'm not sure why, even though they continue to kind of upgrade and downgrade players in normal kickoff mode and career mode, they just don't bother to change it with an ultimate team. So it's a strange one there. Um it's something I loved back in the day. Yeah, just, I mean, um, for me, I think going back to probably like FIFA 17, I think it was when they, uh, I think it was Kante got the big upgrade then. Um, but it's always nice to see some cards who kind of deserve the upgrade actually getting it. And then possibly if you've got that special card in your club of that player, them getting a bigger upgrade too. I remember going back a few years, I think it might have been Timo Werner had a few upgrades. There's a few more players that you didn't kind of expect it. Then when they did, they're like second or third in form was absolutely crazy after that. But I don't want to wrap... getting excited for yeah. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to wrap things up there. Again, reminder, the podcast now will be out every single Monday from now, from here on out. There'll be no more breaks. We're not going anywhere. We're going to go through our guests and where you can find them. Jose, where can people find you? Um, all my socials are at Jose and Chill, Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, making a big push on YouTube and dropping a lot of content. So show some love over there. Looking forward to seeing that. Diego, where can people find you? Uh, you guys can find me at SimplyDGR on TikTok and Twitch. 
Um, and Diego underscore Reza 05 on Twitter. Going to change that soon, probably to my Twitch name as well. Um, but yeah, those are the two socials you can find me on. Sounds good. And King Lampard, where can people find you? Um, again, every platform, just at King Lampard. Uh, main two at the moment are Twitch and Twitter, as always, really. Sounds good. Appreciate it, guys. Mm-hmm.